Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. It's an exciting time at Cornerstone. This is an exciting time that we're in. We're we're actually gearing up for the holidays too. Crazily enough, we're not too far off. I think we're like 49 days out from the first Sunday of Advent now, 49 days. That's, it's like knocking on the door. It is that, that close. Uh, and this is what I want to tell you, okay? If you do not have a home church, spend the holidays with us. Spend the holidays with us. Cornerstone, uh, the holidays are an exciting time around here. We've got so many things coming up. On October 22nd, we have Trunk or Treat here uh, for the kids up through uh, sixth grade. Uh, In November, we have our Thanksgiving Eve services. Uh, In Christmas, we have our Christmas series, and then we have our Christmas Eve services. There are so many incredible things going on. This is a great place to spend the holidays, and it's a great place to invite friends. If you're like, no, Cornerstone is my home church, This is the perfect time to invite somebody. People are more likely to accept invites at this time of the year and at Easter than any other time throughout the entire season. This is when you you wanna invite people. So that friend, that neighbor, that coworker, that Amazon Prime delivery guy you're on a first name basis with, this is when you do that, okay? This is when, right? Robbie's like testifying in the front row. He's like, I know mine. Uh, This is the time that you wanna do that. This is the time to invite them uh, because if you know someone who needs a good church family, That's exactly what Cornerstone is. We are a good church family. Invite friends and family uh, to be a part of what God is doing here in our church. Now, today, today is an exciting time because it's spooky season, friends. It's spooky season, and that means one thing at Cornerstone. It's how to survive a horror movie time, right? We've done this series two years in a row. Now, people have wondered about the title. Like, where do we get this? The, the, like, the first year we did it, it was how to survive a horror movie. Then the second year we did it, it was how to still survive a horror movie. We're, we're copying the I Know What You Did Last Summer series, right? There was I Know What You Did Last Summer. I still know. And then the direct-to-DVD smash hit, I'll always know what you did last summer. So that's, that's where we get the titles from. So this year, it's how to always survive a horror movie. And if you haven't been with us and you want to know what's that about, basically what we're doing is we're looking at common horror movie cliches and how silly they seem in horror movies. You're screaming at the screen like, leave, get out of the room. Why are you going in there? Why are you doing that? It can be so frustrating watching these things because you think you know how to survive a horror movie. You think you know what it takes to make it out of these situations, but actually we fall into the exact same situations in our life time and time again. And what can seem so common sense on the silver screen doesn't seem so common sense in our own life when we find ourselves in the middle of a horror movie moment, right? Because life has a way of doing that. Life has a way of thrusting you into horror movie moments when you get the wrong diagnosis, when the guy breaks up with you, when the relationship goes sour, when work doesn't work out the way you thought it would, when school doesn't work out the way you thought it would, you were gonna do this major and now you're seven majors down the road and you're trying to figure things out. Life has a way of throwing horror movie moments our way. And what do we do? How do we survive them? That's exactly what we're looking at in the series. And so last week, what we did was we looked at uh, the common cliche of keeping your eyes on the killer. Keep your eyes on the killer. That in horror movies, constantly people are turning their back. 
They're losing their attention. They're being distracted and they're taking their eyes off the thing that just tried to kill them, right? Like they're turning their back and oh, he must be dead. So I'll just walk away now. Like I won't stab him again. I'm just gonna walk away from this situation. But the killer's not dead. And in our own life, we do the same thing over and over and over again. We have weaknesses, we have sins, we have struggles in our own life that we think we're good, we're past it, and so we don't really pay attention to it. We don't avoid the habits or the relationships or the environments that put us there. We ignore it, and then suddenly we find ourselves being chased by the killer yet again. We have got to keep our eyes on the killer. We talked about the idea that we have to have an awareness of our weakness if we want to live a fulfilling future. We have to have an awareness of our weakness. So that's where we were last week. Now today, today we're going to be reading from the book of Proverbs. If you have a Bible and want to follow along, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 7, and we're going to be looking at a scary story from Scripture, a scary story from Scripture. Now, what we're going to be reading is a parable this is, this is a story that King Solomon is telling. These aren't real people that are involved. This is just a made-up story, but he's making a bigger point with the story that he's telling. And as you hear the story, you're gonna see two main characters, a naive young man, sounds familiar, right? <laughs> a naive young man and a seductive woman. Look out, right? Here we go. Um, we're we're going to jump uh, a few chapters because basically uh, uh, the verses 10 through 20 are this woman trying to seduce him, trying to get him to come inside. Um, but we're going to skip ahead of that. We'll keep it PG this morning, all right? We'll keep it as PG as a horror movie uh, uh, a series can be, right? We're going to skip ahead, but I want you to notice that what Solomon is talking about in, in this parable, in this story, is actually not adultery, that's really not what he's hitting on. He's not hitting on seduction and forbidden fruit. He's not, he's not talking about that. What he's talking about, the larger point of this parable, as we'll hear, is all about the decisions that we make and the directions that those decisions take us. This is what it says, starting in verse six of Proverbs seven. While I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. So then the woman approaches him and she starts talking. She's telling him whispering sweet nothings into his ear, right? Saying, hey, my husband, he's out of town. He's gonna be gone for, he packed a lot of stuff. He's gonna be gone for a long time. Why don't you come in? Why don't you come spend some time with me? Why don't you come inside? Everything's nice. No one needs to know. No one needs to find out. It will be our little secret. And this is where it picks up in verse 21. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once. And in his mind, he followed her at once to a good time. He followed her at once to something with no commitment. I just get to go have fun. I get to go do this stuff. And and I don't have to worry about anything. Nobody's going to find out. That's what he sees is about to happen. He followed her at once. But Solomon sees this situation for what it really is. Like an ox going to slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. And then Solomon pleads, so listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your hearts stray away toward her, her being foolishness, being unwise decisions, being decisions that are made about having fun in just the moment. Don't let your hearts stray toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many, many men have been her victims." Her house is the road to the grave and her bedroom is the den of death. 
You see, Solomon sees this situation. He's painting this narrative, and he sees this man who is walking down a path that leads to his certain death. It leads to his certain demise. It sounds like a horror story, doesn't it? It sounds like a scary movie. He's like, geez, he's being led to slaughter. He, he's not gonna make it out alive. And this is something that we see happen in horror movies over and over and over again. Uh, the Scream franchise, it's one of the biggest horror movie franchises out there. It completely changed the game when it came out, the first one in the 90s. Scream 2 came out, and it's good. It's not as good as the original, right? The original is really good. But Scream 2, there's a character in it, uh, Cece. Uh, and Cece is played by Sarah Michelle Geller. There's a 90s name for you, right? <laughs> haven't, heard, haven't thought about Sarah Michelle Geller in a while, but Sarah Michelle Geller plays this character named Cece, and she's a sorority sister. Um, and so instantly, she's a pretty young blonde who's in a sorority, and she's in a horror movie. You know how this movie ends, don't you? <laughs> like, she's, she's not long for the earth, like, at all. And sure enough, she's in her house, she's in her sorority house, gets a call, and it's Ghostface. It's the killer of the Scream franchise. And so he calls her and he's taunting her and messing with her on the phone. Uh, and how the layout happens, like I just watched it the other night. So how the layout happens, um, in the sorority house, there's like a, a front door over here, staircase in front of it, and then there's like a closet over here. And Cece is by the closet on the phone, right? She's on the phone talking to Ghostface. And as they're talking, boom, the door flies open, the closet door, Ghostface has been hiding in there. He comes out, he tries to stab her, she ducks out of the way, he kind of trips and falls. She jumps aside and she starts running. You're like, yes, yes. She's running towards the door, right? The door that leads to freedom, the door that leads to safety, the door that leads to a crowded college campus. That makes sense, right? I wanna take a quick poll uh, online so you can answer. Where do you think Cece runs after she evades the killer? Do you think she runs out the front door, out the house, or up the stairs? Have you guys seen this movie before? How do, how do you know? How did you know that? Of course she goes up the stairs, right? Like you watch her, she, oh my goodness, oh no, runs up the stairs, you're like, oh, Cece, like what, what are you doing? What, why are you going up the stairs? It's, it's abundantly clear you don't have a death wish like, you're, you're fighting back against this guy. You don't want to die. You, you wish to stay alive. You want to see the credits. You want to be in Scream 3. Like, you, you want to make it to the next sequel. Uh, but the way that you're going, I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen? Of course your fate is sealed. You're running upstairs. There's like that, um, that Geico commercial. Have you guys seen it? Like what you do if you're in a horror movie, you make a dumb decision. Have you guys seen that commercial? And it's like a bunch of people and they're getting ready to, they're going and they're like, here, let's go. Let's get in the running, the running car. Let's go get in that. Someone's like, what are you crazy? No, let's go hide behind the wall of chainsaws over here. And they're all like, yeah, let's go. Like that's, it, it's, it's ridiculous and it's comical, but it's so true. It happens in horror movies over and over again. People who wish to live going in a direction that is obviously going to lead to their death. It's obviously going to lead to their demise. And so if you're a note taker today, the cliche that we're talking about, our sermon title is out the house, not up the stairs. <laughs> out the house, not up the stairs. If you want to survive a horror movie moment, you have got to go out the house, not up the stairs. And the first thing that I really want us to hit on as we really dive into the meat of today's sermon is this. Uh, this is a truism for all of us, for everybody in this room, for everybody watching online today. This is the truth. Right now, every single one of us, you are walking on a road that will come to an end. Everybody. 
Everybody, you are walking on a road that will come to an end. Solomon knew this, which is why in Proverbs 7.25, he says, don't let your heart stray away toward her and don't wander down her wayward path because Solomon knows every path has an end and you're not gonna like where this path ends. So stay off it, get away from it. Don't even touch it. Don't even walk down it because every road that you walk on has an ending and the road that you are walking on today has an ending. Paths end Eventually. So what I want to ask you is the path that you were walking on, and I don't even just mean in your general life, I mean areas of your life. The the path that you're walking in your marriage, in your relationship, at school, the path that you're walking in your work, in your finances, the path that you are walking on right now, are you going to like where that path ends? Because it will end eventually. At some point there will there will be a point where you will see what kind of path you have been walking on? What is waiting for you at the end of the path? Um, I'm going to be a mind reader, and I'm going to be able to tell you what I know you is, uh, you're hoping is waiting at the end of your path, because you're human, <laughs> like me, and we all want the same things. You want success. You, you want honor and respect and love. You want all of these kind of things waiting at the end of your path. You want uh, money and financial stability. You want true lasting joy at the end of your path. You want to leave a legacy at the end of your path. You want stability for yourself, for your family, for your relationships. You want peace. That's what you want at the end of your path. But I have one more question. Did you run up the stairs or did you run out the house? Because Whatever way you went determines if those things will actually be at the end of the path that you're on. Because we all want to live. We all want a fulfilling future. We all want a life that at the end of it, we know Jesus is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we want. But are we walking in a way that is consistent with those wishes? Or are we running up the stairs hoping to survive the movie knowing, (laughs) nope, our fate is actually sealed? (laughs) We're going in a play that is, in a way that is completely inconsistent with the wishes that we want for our life. Uh, years back, whenever we were in North Carolina in the Outer Banks, uh, me, my wife Jessica, and our oldest daughter Eden, were in my car, uh, a Toyota RAV4. It's like a smaller SUV, and then my mom and dad were in their van ahead of us. We'd just gotten lunch, and uh, my dad had an idea. He's like, "Hey, we haven't gone and watched those uh, ships come in and out, like the fishing ships, the shrimp." Ships. We should go check those out, see if we can find that place. Because we used to always go and watch these whenever we were younger, whenever we were little kids and we went there. So we're looking for them. Can't find the exact place. We kind of know the general area. So my dad asked somebody, uh, hey, like, where do we go? And he gets the information. The guy's like, yeah, just right up here, make a left on this road. And, and it's right there. You can pull off into the parking lot and you'll be able to see him. So my dad's leading the way. Again, him and my mom in a minivan and us in the RAV4 behind them. And we he turns down this road, so we're following, and I'm noticing, because um, like I'm, not, I'm not following directly behind him. I'm kind of off to the left a little bit, so I can see up ahead. I'm noticing that this road isn't so much of a road as it is like a path, right? It's like <laughs> transition from road into path, and then this path is starting to become not so much of a path as it is just like a, a little like dirt, sandy pathway, right? And I'm looking at this, and I'm driving. I'm like, Where, where's he going? I mean, he, he surely... Surely he would not take a minivan onto the beach. Like, surely my father would understand that that cannot happen. Like, you can't make that work. Um, But as we're driving, I'm looking up ahead, and I'm seeing ocean, like straight-up ocean and sand dunes. And I'm like, this is, where where are we going? And wouldn't you know it, 
my father drove his minivan onto the beach. Really try to picture this in your head. Imagine you're having a nice day at the beach and you look over and there is a minivan stuck in the sand next to you because that's exactly what happened. He got stuck. Me and Jessica were, it was like we were watching a train wreck happening. Just like, what is he doing? Like, what are you, what in the world are you thinking? And luckily there's a guy who had a Jeep and he had a winch and he was able to get my dad out. And while they're doing that, I like walk over to my dad. I'm like, so dad, <laughs> talk to me. What, what, what were you seeing out there? What were, like, let's, let's review the tape. What were you seeing on the field that made you think this was a good idea? And he starts laughing. He's like, I, I honestly, I was on autopilot. I have no idea what I was thinking because I'm, I'm not stupid. I know you don't take a minivan onto the beach or you're gonna get stuck, right? We all know that. Even if you've never tried it before, you know that because driving has a certain predictability to it. Like, you know if you do X, Y is going to happen. <laughs> like, like, if I wanted to go watch the Guardians advance to the ALCS yesterday, which, by the way, how sweet was that? If I wanted to watch that happen, like if I wanted to go up to Cleveland to watch that game, but I hopped on 77 South, like, and then I was mad about it. Can't believe it. I completely missed the game. Well, was traffic bad? No, I ended up in Coshocton. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> Furious! I'm furious at the Ohio Highway State. This is so aggravating. People would be like, um, you're crazy <laughs> because you hopped on 77. Where did you think you were gonna end up? There's a certain predictability when it comes to driving. And this is what I'll tell you. The same is true with living. We just don't act like it. We think we can live in a completely inconsistent way with the future that we want and still somehow end up there that we can hop on 77 South, but still make it in time to see the walk-off home run in the 15th inning. Like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. There is a predictability to your life and the choices that you make. If you are walking down a path, if you are running up the stairs, man, don't be surprised when you end up dead. If you are making poor decisions in your marriage, don't be surprised when separation and words like that and divorce start get thrown around. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked if you're making poor financial decisions and you're not stewarding your money well and you're not trusting God with your finances and you start realizing you're constantly in debt and never able to pay bills and it's just a constantly ongoing thing. Don't be shocked <laughs> because there is a predictability in the way that we live. Uh, people say this to Pastor Brenda all the time and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing. Pastor Brenda is so wise. She is no, so knowledgeable, but people all the time will tell her, man, I, I had a counseling appointment with her. And whenever we came in, you would swear that she was reading our text messages. You would swear that she had read our email, that she bugged our phone. Like the way that she knows us and the way that she knows what we're going through, it's unbelievable. She is so knowledgeable. Yeah, she is, but you're so predictable. <laughs> like, and, and don't take it, don't take offense because I am too. Like, yeah, she's knowledgeable, but we're predictable. We're predictable. We, we, we take paths and we make decisions and we walk in ways that have a predictable outcome, even if we try to ignore it, even if we try to be blind to it. The road that we are on eventually comes to an end. And depending on the way we've been walking, the road that we've been walking, it's gonna take us somewhere that we may not like. Regardless of what you want, the path you are walking will take you somewhere. 
The path you're walking doesn't care about your wishes or your intent or your hopes or your dreams. The path is just the path of the way that you've been walking. And if you have run up the stairs instead of run out the house, you're going to find yourself in a place that you don't want to be. Let me word it this way. This, this is kind of like our statement for the sermon. So if you're, if you're like zoning out, you're thinking about the Browns game, you're thinking about lunch, this is the one moment to zone back in because this is, this is what everything kind of comes down to today. Your future, my future, our future, your future is formed by the way you walk, not the wish that you have. I cannot stress this enough, and I get it. The, hear me, nothing I'm saying today is mind-blowing. Like, you're not gonna walk out of here like, whoo, Pastor Jacob was on one today. Man, I never thought of it that way. Like, the stuff I'm talking about, the direction you walk will take you to a certain place. Duh, like, of course, of course. But man, we miss it so often. We miss this so much. We know it's true, but we don't live like it's true. But it is true that your future is formed by the way that you walk, not the wishes that you want. That's why this naive young man that Solomon is talking about, does anyone think that this guy wanted to ruin his life? No. Anyone think that he wanted to walk a path that led to death and destruction of his reputation, of his future hopes and dreams? Of course not. Yet, listen to what Solomon says. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. And he followed her at once down this path, thinking it was going to be fun. It was going to be easy. It was just going to be a good time. But he was going like an ox to the slaughter, like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. This guy had certain wishes for his life, but the way he was walking was completely out of step with those wishes completely out of step. I want us to, I want us to quickly take a, a time-traveling trip back to the magical land of hope and optimism and productivity that was January 1st, 2022. Isn't that a magical day, January 1st? It's the day when we're all like, this is the year. Like, this is, this is my time. This is my year. I've got my vision board, and I've got my wishes and my hopes, and this is going to be the year that I get my weight in check. This is going to be the year that I really invest in my family, and we start doing family traditions and stuff like that, and this is going to be the year that I don't live paycheck to paycheck, and I'm in debt. I'm going to get out of debt this year, and this is the year that I'm really going to invest in the kids, and this is the year that I'm not just going to kind of, like, coast through school. I'm really going to, like, try to focus in and man, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And I'm going to be attentive in school and I'm really going to try hard. This is going to be my year. That was January 1st. It's October 9th. How's it going? <laughs> and all God's people said, ouch, <laughs> right? Like, oh, <laughs> welcome to church. Hope you're having a good time, right? Thanks for rubbing that in my face, Pastor Jacob. But don't feel alone because that's, that's all of us. Even some of us who may be killing it in one or two resolutions, you have like four or five or six that you're like, yeah. I, honestly, I kind of forgot. You might have some people in this room, people watching online, you can't even remember what your resolutions are. Isn't that crazy? You can't even remember what they are because those wishes, you have been walking in a way that is so out of lockstep with those initial wishes, you can't even remember what they were. Like, uh, I think I said something about this. I think I, I think I said something about that. Because even though you wished it and you wanted it, the way that you've been walking has been so wildly inconsistent with your wishes. You see, we often can have a disconnect between our ways 
in our wishes. We can often have a disconnect between the, 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 the things that we want and the ways that we go about living out our life. And we see this happen in horror movies, don't we? We see it all the time. We see uh, a, a mom who's uh, it's a single mom, and I want a fresh start. I want a fresh start for my family, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move. Oh, look, here's a cheap house. Uh, it's a very affordable, and you find out, oh, it's affordable because there was like a, a double homicide in the house, and it's haunted now, right? That's what happens in these horror movies all the time, but the mom's like, oh, well, we'll make it work. Like, I'll, I'll bring a, a magic eraser. We'll be able to get, we'll get this house fixed up. Like, it'll be fine, and what she wanted, her wish was a fresh start for her family, but the ways that she's walking in, buying this house with a, a shady past, it's not gonna line up. She's not gonna get that fresh start that she wants because she's walking in an inconsistent way from what she wishes. You following me? We see it happen all the time. We see the families want to go on a fun camping trip, and so they rent a cabin in the woods, and won't this be great? And it was super affordable. Of course it was affordable, because people have been going missing in those woods for the last 20 years. Like, why, why do you think it's affordable? And so you're wishing for a fun family vacation, but the ways in which you're walking are inconsistent with that. And so, of course, something bad's going to happen because the direction that you've been going in your life is not a good one. We walk in ways that are out of sync with our wishes. And we saw that in Proverbs. We saw that with this young man who doesn't want ruin, but that's exactly where he walks. Let me read you one more time, Proverbs 7, 6 through 9. This is what it says. While I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman strolling down the path by her house. Now, from other translations of scripture and commentaries, what we know, the point that Solomon is trying to make here is that this young man wasn't just completely innocently walking down this road. He knew who lived there. He knew who lived there. He knew what path he was choosing to walk on. He had an idea of like, yeah, I'm going down here and maybe something will happen. <laughs> Maybe someone will reach out to me. Can, can I give you the, um, uh, the Pastor Jacob version, the translation of this, the PJV? Can I do that real quick? This is, <laughs> this is kind of the summary of what we're seeing from this naive young man in Proverbs 7. Um, here we go. This is what it says. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> Sorry to put it so bluntly, but there's no other way to put it. When you make foolish decisions... Do not expect anything but foolishness in your future. You just can't expect it. If you make poor decisions, if you make dumb decisions, if you make unwise, immoral decisions, what do you think is waiting for you at the end of the path? If a killer is after you and you run up the stairs, what do you think is going to happen to you? Your future, my future, our future is formed by the way that we walk, not by the wishes that we want. Your direction, the way that you're walking right now, every direction has a destination tethered to it, every single one. Every step that you take, there is a destination that is waiting out there for you. Is it a destination that you want? Is it an ending of your path that you're gonna be happy with, that you're gonna be fulfilled with? The only fix, the only fix when something like this happens, when we, when we kind of do an audit of our life and we kind of look back and realize, okay, yeah, Pastor Jacob, as you're talking, I'm realizing that in my marriage, maybe I'm not 
Maybe I'm not walking down the path that I want to in my marriage. I'm, I'm too selfish. I'm, I'm, I'm not sacrificing enough. I'm not the way that I speak to my spouse. I get it. Or Pastor Jacob, I realize in my finances, no, I've never made God Lord of this area of my life. And I've been trying to do it myself and I haven't submitted to his ways. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm walking down my own path. How do I fix it? How do I fix it if I realize I'm not walking down a good path in my faith walk with Jesus? Well, I'll tell you this, you don't fix it by wishing harder. You don't. You, you will not fix this by making one more list. Well, let me make one more list of things that I should do and wishes, and this is what I'll do to get back on track, and this is how I'll do it, and then I'll feel really good after this. That's not how it works. You don't wish your way harder into getting where you need to be. Change the way you are walking to change the way your future looks. It's really that simple. <laughs> like I told you, nothing mind-blowing from the pulpit today. Nothing like, whoa, never heard of it that way. It's simple, simple stuff. Change the way you walk to change the way your future looks. That is why Solomon is pleading in verse 24 and 25. Listen to me, my sons. Pay attention to my words. Don't let your hearts stray away towards her. Don't wander down her wayward path. I want you to change the way your future looks and so you gotta change the way you walk. You cannot walk down that way and expect anything good to happen. Uh, me and Jessica, me and my wife, we had um, recently with our finances, we had to sit down and just kind of like, all right, let's, let's admit reality real quick, okay? <laughs> because things are hard. Things are hard right now. You guys know it. It's, it's a hard time out there. It's every, every month, uh, I saw this statistic um, that every single month it is costing people $450 more this year to live the exact same way they lived last year. It's just, it is a tough time right now. And if you're anything like me and Jessica, you are feeling that. Like, you don't need me to tell you that. You're living it. You're like, man, yeah, this is just... This is a hard environment that we're in right now. And so me and Jessica, we were looking at our finances and we're looking at the numbers that are coming in and the numbers that are going out. We're like, hmm, something's wrong here. <laughs> One column is significantly larger than the other column. <laughs> we, need to, we need to fix something. We need to fix something because last year we were great, but it ain't last year. This is this year. There is a new reality that is here. And so we could look at those numbers and wish and hope and cross our fingers all we want that, oh, things will return to normal and things will go back to exactly how they were and everything will be fine. Let's not make any changes. We're good. We could either do that or we could actually acknowledge reality, acknowledge the, the facts on the ground and make changes to compensate for it, right? Does that make sense? We can make changes because we don't like the way that our path is leading. You know where our path would be leading? It would be leading to, well, we can't afford it. Just keep putting it on the credit card. Let's just keep putting it on the credit card, credit card, and credit card. Oh, that credit card's maxed out? Well, let's get another one. Like, let's, let's get another. That's, that's where that path leads. And we saw that path and we're like, yeah, we, we can't do that. We've got to make some changes. We've got to talk. We've got to change some things here because that's how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. If you want to change the way your future looks, it's really as simple as changing the way that you walk. Make your changes. So if you're looking into your future and you're seeing the, the end result of your marriage based on the way that you're walking and you don't like it because you're like, man, I ain't like, whew, I just realized I talked down to my spouse. I talked to them like they're an idiot. I, I, I realize that I'm not sacrificing enough, that I'm definitely still number one in my life. They're not. And so I... I don't like that. I don't like where that path is going to end. Making a list about the things you are going to do isn't, that's not going to change it. 
Actually doing those things is what will change it. Actually changing course, changing direction is what will change it. The same thing with your money, with your finances. The only thing that is going to change it is you changing course, is you changing direction. If, if you want a faith, um, if, if you want a faith where when life throws you in the middle of a horror movie moment, because it will, you're gonna have a loved one die. You will. You're gonna have a, a, a job not work out. You're gonna have something go wrong. You're gonna have a, re- a relationship fall apart. These things are going to happen. And I promise you, what Maddie said earlier, you're going to want to have a faith that was built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. But I am telling you, if you are not walking in that way right now, when crap hits the fan, which it will, you are going to be shocked because you're going to go, I thought I would have been able to handle this better. I thought I wouldn't have been a mess over this. I thought I would have been able to stand up more underneath this, and I can't. And it's because you ran up the stairs, You ran up the stairs, there's a killer in the house now, and you're surprised at where you are. Don't find yourself in that place. Because we have seen so many examples of the complete opposite. People in our church who have lost someone, people who have had a marriage fall apart, people who have had job situations not work out. They've gone under incredible financial stress, but somehow they come out of it stronger than they went into it. And it's because their ways were aligned with Jesus. They were walking down a path. And so when life brought this curveball to their front door, they were able to smash it out of the park. They were able to handle it and deal with it. That's the kind of faith you want. And you only get that kind of faith. You only get that kind of financial situation. You only get that kind of marriage or relationship when you are walking in the proper direction where that is at the end. You cannot be walking in a complete opposite direction and complete lockstep uh, out of step and expect to end up where you want to end up. You can't run upstairs and expect to live and make it to the next movie. Now, why do we do this? Because this seems, I mean, I've I've said it numerous times. This is simple stuff. (laughs) This is simple stuff. So because it's so simple, why do we continuously mess it up? Like, why, why do we continuously live in ways that are so out of lockstep and not consistent with the future that we have in mind? Like, why, why do we do this if it is such a simple thing? I, I don't think it's because we're, like, intentionally malicious people. Like, I don't think that we're just sitting here going, like, ooh, yeah, I, I want my marriage to fall apart. Won't that be great? Like, I, I want to get to the end of my life and have my kids not respect me. Like, I, I want to hop from uh, this major to that major to that major and then spend all this money, waste all this money in college and never really find out what I want to do with my life. I, w- I want to get to, I want to be at work and I don't want people to truly respect me or, or believe in me because I don't have good work ethic and I'm not an honest person. Nobody wants that to be their end goal, Right? So how do we constantly end up in those positions? I don't think it's because we're intentionally malicious. I think it's because we just, we have a tendency towards the easy. We have a tendency towards the fun. We have a tendency towards what feels natural, what feels good in the moment. We're just easy, fun people. We're naive. We're naive to what these decisions really end up leading to, just like the young man in Proverbs. And this is what I want to say to you, and please hear what I'm saying, okay? I am not knocking fun. If there's any church that understands fun, it is Cornerstone. <laughs> like, fun is an awesome thing. Fun is a great thing, but fun it can never be the main thing. Like, if, if that's what you're worried about in life, is making sure that your uh, pathways bring you happiness, 
and your pathways bring you fun because you just want to have fun. You want to you be happy. And those are the only main things. Let me tell you, fun is great, but fun is fleeting. Fun, the moment, the moment fun is over, it's already in the rearview mirror. It's already past you. It's already gone. Uh, just on Friday night, Jessica had a movie night and a party night at her sister's house. Her sister and her cousins were over uh, and they, they just had a good time. They were there until like three o'clock in the morning. They were just having a blast. So I was at home by myself because the kids were at the in-laws. So I'm like, well, hey, I'm untethered. This is awesome. Like I can do whatever I want. And I had a blast. I had such a good night. It was just like a, like a, just a kind of fun night at home. I went, um, who, who knows Tito's in Coventry? Tito's in Coventry, oh, there's my people. You, you have tasted and seen that Tito's is good then. You guys have ex- experienced. I went to Tito's, I got some fish tacos to go, brought them home, I was eating those with chips and salsa. I put on a scary movie, I watched The Black Phone. I hadn't seen it yet, so I watched that. Uh, as soon as it was over, took my little dog, Teddy, took him on a walk around our neighborhood. It was like dark out and the lights, uh, people had different Halloween decorations up. We were looking at those and stuff. It was a perfect night for a walk. We got back. We had firewood. I started a fire. I watched the major league uh, playoff game at home. Fell asleep with the fire going on the TV. The dogs curled up next to me. It was so nice. It was just fun. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Like whenever, whenever I found out Jessica had this and all the kids were going to be gone and it was literally just me, you're kind of like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> like there's so many, like there's so many things you try to fit into these like finite period of time, right? But it was so much fun. I had a blast, but guess what? In probably three, four, five months, six months down the road, if you were to ask me what I did, I would probably remember like part of it. I'd probably be like, oh yeah. Um, I remember, well, let's see, that was early October. I probably watched one of the playoff games. There was probably a playoff game on and I watched it. Um, probably got something to eat. Wouldn't remember where, right? Like I, because fun, even though it's great, and I'm not, I'm not knocking fun today, I'm not knocking fun. Even though fun is a, a great thing, it can never be the main thing because it is so fleeting. It's so fleeting. And if that's the paths that you're walking down, those are the ways that you're walking toward because it just looks fun, you will be susceptible for things that are fleeting and things that are deadly because this looked fun to this guy. Walking down this path, going into the house with this woman, this looked fun in the moment. It looked like it was going to be a good time in the moment, but my goodness, it was fleeting. But on the opposite side, fun is fleeting, but fulfillment is forever. Truly being fulfilled, truly living into what God has called you to do with your life, that is forever. Listen to what Jesus says. This is in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heaven burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. That's what Jesus offers. You know what that is? That is true fulfillment. Rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. Being where you are supposed to be. That is what it means to truly be fulfilled. To truly be satisfied. So like I was saying with with my Friday night, I'll probably forget in a couple of months exactly how it played out, what I did. You know what I will not forget? I won't forget me and Jessica making our donation to the Here and Now campaign to our building campaign here at Cornerstone. I can still remember, because uh, we're doing a monthly, uh, uh, monthly support, uh, but we did one big gift at the beginning of it too. 
And outside of our house payment, it's the biggest anything that's ever come out of our account. Like clicking the button to donate it was like, <laughs> right? like, oh, oh, that's scary. That's a, that's a big number. That's a big number, bigger than I've like sent out before. That's a scary thing. But not only was it scary, my goodness, it was fulfilling. It was invigorating. Because as I made that donation, I realized I am investing in something so beyond myself. Like, yes, this is gonna be awesome for us to have this renovated facility here as well as an addition. That's gonna be incredible. So many more people are gonna give Cornerstone a chance and come and see what God is doing in our church and not be turned off because it's an old building or anything like that. Like, yes, that's amazing. But I'm also thinking about the investment, not just in my kids, but in my kids' kids and in my kids' kids' kids. And I'm thinking about the investment in our neighborhood and in this area. I'm thinking about the investment that we're making even outside of our four walls. We have people watching us uh, across the country, across the world. Like, I'm thinking about all those things. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is fulfilling. This is a feeling I will never forget, and I still haven't. I remember where I was. I remember what was going through my head. I remember the prayer that I prayed as we did it. Like, I, I remember all of those things because fun, while it is great, fun is fleeting, but fulfillment is forever. It's forever. It goes on and on. It's not something that's here and then it passes away. It's something that travels with you as you walk. And that is exactly what Jesus offers. When we live into his way of life, when we live into his principles, he promises us, hey, I will give you rest. I don't work the way the world works. They try to pull you down your path, their path and that path leads to death and destruction and disappointment and worry and anxiety. That's where that leads you. The path that I wanna pull you down brings you to true rest, true fulfillment. You know what fulfillment is? Fulfillment is this feeling. <sighs> that's fulfillment. That right there, that's the kind of stuff money cannot buy where you just feel I am, I am doing what I was created to do. I'm being the person. I am being an image bearer of God in the way that I am supposed to be. I'm, I'm being a servant like Jesus called me to be. That is true fulfillment. Fulfillment, this is, this is my kind of definition for it. Fulfillment, fulfillment is the fruit of ending up where you intended to be. Fulfillment is the fruit. Fulfillment is the byproduct of you ending up exactly where you wanted to be. Fulfillment is that feeling where you go, you know what, I, I, my marriage is not in a good place right now, but I'm gonna, God help me, I'm gonna make these changes. I'm not gonna run up the stairs anymore. I'm running out the house. I'm making the changes because I know if I actually do these things, if I start walking down the path, that's the kind of marriage that's waiting for me on the other side. And fulfillment is getting there. Waking up one day and realizing I, I love and I respect my spouse and I know the same, that they feel the same way for me. Like that, that is fulfillment. Fulfillment, as John Maxwell puts it, is when the people who know you the best respect you the most. That is fulfillment. That's the stuff money can't buy. That's the thing that you only ever get to if you walk down the right path, if you run out the house if you make the decisions that you know you're supposed to make, fulfillment is ending up where you intended to be. It's seeing the credits at the end of the movie, still being alive for the sequel and being there on purpose. Fulfillment is knowing that it's your ways that you walk in, not the wishes that you have that determine your future. And then not just knowing that, but living like that's true. Making decisions like that's true. Treating people like that's true. Investing in your faith like that's true. 
As we get ready to close out today, I, I want to finish with just this. In, in the most recent Halloween movies that have uh, uh, kicked off back in 2018, they started, um, which this is, <laughs> this is just a funny moment. This, is, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but this is mostly just about our church cornerstone. So usually in these moments, there's like three minutes left in the sermon, give or take, right? About three minutes. Um, and typically this is the part in the sermon where like the poignant piano comes in. Right, do, 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 and it kind of sets the mood and the pastor gets ready to make a really good point from scripture and let's turn to God's word and read what it says. But at Cornerstone, we're, we're a different breed, aren't we? Like we're a little bit of a different breed here. So rather than that, we're getting ready for our last tender moments and the pastor is saying, well, church, if the most recent Halloween horror movie that came out, uh, Lori's, <laughs> we're, we're, a different, we're a different crew here. Uh, <laughs> But in the, in the most recent movies that came out, uh, basically the, the Halloween that came out in 2018, it completely ignores every movie that came before the original. So it just jumps from Halloween 1978 to Halloween 2018. And so basically what they say is that at the end of Halloween 1978, Dr. Loomis, he shoots Michael Myers, he falls out the window and the police end up capturing him and arresting him. And Michael spends the next 40 years uh, in prison. He, he's locked up for the next 40 years. Now, Lori... Jamie Lee Curtis's character who survived, she is uh, obviously traumatized from that night, traumatized from what Michael has tried to, done, uh, tried to do by, by killing her and, and, and taking some of her friends out. And so she's traumatized by this. She wishes that Michael would have died that night because this guy was a tormentor, he, the boogeyman, right? Like that's what Dr. Loomis was calling him. He is like evil personified. And she, she wishes that this guy would have met his end on Halloween 1978 but he didn't. He's still alive. He's still locked up. So even though those are her wishes, even though that's what she wants, and even though it would have been easy, natural, and way more fun of a life to just act like he's gone, well, he's locked up, he's dead, I don't have to worry about him anymore, she didn't. She's like, no, there is this ever-present threat out here. I'm keeping my eye on the killer. I know he's still out there. I'm having an awareness of him because I know what I want for my future, I want to live. <laughs> like, I, I, have a, I have a daughter now. I have a granddaughter now. I want to see my granddaughter go to college. I want to see their future. I want to see their lives play out. And the only way that is going to happen, the only way I'm going to get the end of that path is if I walk in a way that will allow me to see the end of that path. And so Lori, she does everything she can to make sure she's prepared, knowing one of these days, Michael is going to get loose. One of these days, he's going to come for me. One of these days, it's going to happen. So she clearly got her CCW. She clearly, clearly bought up some guns and she fortifies her house and she's got lights and bars and chains and everything like that ready for Michael. And sure enough, guess what? Spoiler alert, Michael gets out and he comes for her. And whenever he comes for her, you realize like, wow, she has been training for this moment. She has been waiting for this moment. Even her house that whenever you see it early on in the movie, you're like, wow, she's done all this to protect herself from him. You realize, no, she's, she's constructed the house not to be protection from Michael, but a prison for him. That like, she can lure him inside. This is a trap. Like she has been waiting for this moment. And sure enough, she survives. Sure enough, she makes it to the end of the movie. Sure enough, she lives. And the whole reason she did was because she wasn't living into her wishes. Just, oh, I hope, I hope. Wouldn't it be great if, it, if I didn't have to worry about him? No, no, no. She walked in a way consistent with the future that she wanted. And so she lived. Will we do the same? Will we do the same? Because I'm telling you, I know right now we have people who are not walking down the path that they need to be walking down. Whether it's in one area or another or another, 
We have those paths in our life where if we're being completely honest with ourselves, we know, man, I know how this movie ends. It does not end where I want it to end. That's not the marriage I want. That's not the financial situation I want. That's not the relationships I want. That's not the kind of career I want. That's not how I want my friendships to be. That's not how I want my relationship with Jesus to be. I don't want to just skate through. I just don't want to just, just survive. I actually want to thrive through my life. And the only way, the only way change happens is by changing the way you walk because, because, because your future and my future and our future, it is formed not by the wishes we have, but by the way that we walk. Let's all make the commitment to not run up the stairs hoping to make it. Let's start running out of the house and actually running down the path that God has set out for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your truth of your word. And Father, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that as we go through life, as we face obstacles and challenges, we don't face them alone. We face them with the very same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead coursing through our veins. And so that means when we face killers in our life, when we face horror movie moments in our life, we are not subject to our old sin nature like we used to be. We are new creations. We are new people in you. And that means we can make new decisions and chart new paths forward. And we believe that through the power of your spirit, you can do exactly that in our lives, that you can help us to live in a way that's consistent with the wishes that we have for the future, that we can live in a way consistent with what you created us for, what you had in mind for us from the moment of the start of the universe, the, the, the future, the destiny that you had in mind for us. We can actually achieve it as long as we are walking in a path that is consistent with it. Help us to do that. We know we can't do it on our own. We know that if it's left up to us, our own skill, our own know-how, our own goodness, our own uh, willpower, we will not be able to make it. But through you, we know all things are possible. Through you, we know that we can do more than we ever could have imagined. And through you, we know that we can conquer anything that comes our way. So help us, God, through the power of your spirit to do exactly what you created us to do, to walk in ways that are consistent with the fulfilling future you have in mind for us. We love you so much, Father. Thank you for hearing us as we pray today. We lift all this up in your powerful name. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.